You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 120 of the Black Eagles podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. As always, a sweltering, hot, uh, terrible, uh, terribly humid New York City, for that matter. <laughs> um, but with me today is a very, very, very special guest. Um, Oh. Second time, so we have a returnee. He, he, he was a guest a long time ago, and uh, I think it, it has been two years. I, since I, he, yeah, the show. Which, yeah, and it's wild to think. I, like I just I couldn't for a minute. I was like, oh my god, we've been recording this for more than a year. Like, what am I doing with my life? But yeah, here we are, <laughs> uh, two years in. We got a returnee, and it's Aaron Armstrong coming in from uh, where are thanks, you? Thanks, man. Last time you were in New York, yeah. I was I was interviewing you live. Uh, you've been to Turkey, yep. uh, your your hometown of, of Liverpool, I believe. You've been back and forth even there. Yeah, and now we're in Belgium. There you go. In Leuven, just 20 minutes away from Brussels, the capital of Europe. And uh, I'm actually delighted to be here doing this with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, and it's. Uh, I, I, hearing someone with an English accent call Brussels the capital of Europe is it's like a, a moment of peace upon the land, like the sun shines in. Uh, that's lovely to hear. Um, <laughs> you, you've you've uh, you've bridged gaps with one sentence. I love it. Um, no, yeah, uh, I'd I'd love to hit up Belgium. Obviously, Khan is over there. Khan. Uh, Yep. And uh, I still haven't met him, you know, like despite being here for a year, I still haven't met him. Met him. Like he lives in this like really remote town and uh, I'm quite busy. So I didn't really get the chance to just go over there and like pay him a visit. But one day, hopefully. Yeah, you guys got to hook that up. Uh, too bad, I guess the season's yeah. over. So that's not, maybe it'll be for a free <laughs> Yeah, maybe, perhaps. We'll see. But uh, yeah, no, uh, he's been super busy, I know buying our home and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I think this has been a pretty serious year for him. And obviously with all this nasty Rona, exactly. Rona related uh, nonsense. Yeah, I mean, just uh, basically chained us to our homes. Like we weren't able to leave. Yeah. Just like besides a few exceptions, but like going to the grocery store and everything like that. So it wasn't really a chance yeah, exactly. About um, like when when it came to traveling or anything like that, but in the end, uh, we might like make it happen in the future. Why not? Yeah, exactly. That'd, but that'd be cool. What are we going to do today, though? Yeah, yeah. Let's stay on topic, that. right? Um, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, uh, and and of course, it's it's a very special episode. Uh, so we have to talk about a huge derby this week, obviously. Um, the the Fenner. Would- I believe, like personally, if I have to say this, like I think it was the first Besiktas derby that I was this indifferent 
about you know like i wasn't excited a single bit because both okay we still have this like chance of going to the champions league also in our favor but in the end like it's a game where both teams don't really have any uh, <coughs> chance for going going for the title or anything like that no fans allowed in the stadium it's just so surreal i mean yeah i i i, I hope that like will actually remember this derby in a couple of years because of even when you even go on twitter like all right there's still some level of banter going on but like usually for derbies it would be like massive it'd be just like really sensational you know like most people are just like minding their own business they have their own problems and everything so it wasn't really uh really uh what you call it like um mind-bending that derby you know it was just like a typical game perhaps but yeah. here we are we're gonna talk about it and let's do it yeah and, discuss it and yeah i mean it's just it's such a fairyland that we're living in right in this like corona sort of apocalyptic wasteland where where yeah. teams that didn't even exist when i was born are winning championships they just won by the way congratulations to Peshakta yeah. here yeah First, the, i mean that's a whole another debate, but they played really well this season. Oh no! Uh, you, I was... you can't argue, like for all the politics yeah. of it, you can't argue with the football displayed on the pitch. They've been the yeah, superior I mean, side in the country for a couple of years at least. They, they might have gotten their fair share of state aid, but in the end, like this season, performance-wise, I mean, they, they, they performed, you know, like they did it. So uh, I was still like... Uh, like that, like a month ago, I was genuinely believing that Traps on Sport would win, but they didn't have the necessary mentality or whatever it is to see it through, and they failed miserably, sadly. So, congratulations to Bashakshir, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's such a wild the, the everything that's happened in you know since the return has been so surreal. I mean, it's worth mentioning that the team with the best record, um, not just since the coronavirus but since Sergen Yalchin became our coach is Besiktas and I, you showed us that in the uh the group chat the other day Aaron so that that's wild yeah. to me um because you know I know it's it's not uh, about the performance it's about the xg like the statistics oh uh, I see, I see. okay it's about, like in xg refers right now it's just the whole an, an analytical aspect of football but yeah i mean it's still a good uh, indicator yeah. it's still a valid indicator it's really important like modern football so like and it speaks volumes like it kind of shows that how we've like um yeah how we've evolved from a more defensive structure rigid team to a more uh, fluid more attacking minded uh, and uh basically a more compact unit in the end like it's and like it shows also as well like the given the points that we've collected on the second so i still have my fair share of criticism when it comes to him i believe like he could have done better in certain aspects but in the end you gotta uh give credit where it's doing like he actually managed like if they can win yeah on the last match they will probably end up with the same points as trabzon support <laughs> which is like so in the end and like that's that's actually yeah, pretty crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because like I think he's obviously working with a, you know, in suboptimal conditions, like as far as talent, uh, and then you know having to play oh Erson yeah. suddenly. I mean, luckily the kid stepped up pretty well, and we can we can kind of celebrate yeah, it's that. It's actually but, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, right? I mean, I was I was really concerned about that, but it, it turned out to be levels 
<laughs> I mean, it's car is like it's so much better. I actually like feel confident about my keeper. I mean, and what was so great about the the, the performance yesterday, since it was really probably oh. the standout performance, is listen, that it actually listen. came against Altai, uh, which is you know at least on paper, you know, it's, there's a nice little metaphor there or something, something to build on. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we have a, we have our own like promising young keeper. And that's a really good thing. And like, I mean, when you look at the game, like for, for the first 20 minutes or so, like Fenerbahce was the dominant side. We weren't that good. Man, like, honestly, yeah. like we, we start off on the wrong foot. Like oh, we were doing like so many silly mistakes, like personal mistakes, like <clears throat> our passes weren't that good. We weren't able to build up play or do anything like that. Yeah, exactly. In the end, like he, he kept us in the game. Like he, would, he made some really crucial saves early on. That like that shot by Muriki, that shot by Emre, uh, I believe he saved the shot from Hassan Ali as well. Yeah. So like those those early on like the saves in the <coughs> early game was basically a factor in our win. For sure, yeah. I believe. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's yeah let's let's back up. Let's uh, let's hit up the format. Of, so we've already changed things up a little bit for this podcast, but it's a special one given the derby and everything. But so what I will do is back up enough to talk a little bit about the uh, the starting lineup. So we brought out uh, as okay. we talked about Erson. Um, there were not many surprises, obviously. Um, the back line with Domingos Vida and Enzo Rocco, that's a change. Nobody yep. predicted. Uh, and we'll obviously have to talk about Victor Ruiz at some point uh, after we talk about this. But pretty much what you expected, right? Then you have John Aaron, Gokan Gunul, Elneny um, on the back line, Atiba next to him. Kevin Boateng. Like we have, we have a really limited squad. I mean, like uh, with all the departures and like the coronavirus measures that we have, like we're literally, even though they're healthy right now, like we can play Lyich or Utku and or uh, not Utku, my bad. I'm sorry, Umut. Uh So they're like out of the team. Also, Dorikan is not fit. He, he he hasn't been playing for a long time now, so yeah. like, we can't really use him. He was in the roster, right? He was actually available this week, which is uh, promising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you look at our subs, like, it's actually terrible. Like, we have, we have only, like, a few players that we can actually play. Like, okay, Given, he has some, like, first-team experience. And then we have Erdogan, with little to none, first-team experience. We have Nejip, okay, he's a really limited player. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a defensive player, he can play, but, I mean, you wouldn't just, like, if you're, like, behind, you wouldn't sub him in, you no, know? No, no. <laughs> he's not gonna, he's not, he's not a player that would make any difference, like, mm -hmm. on paper, at least. Yeah, we have Dorukan in the subs, but as I've just mentioned, he like he's not fit like at all. He's a lot, he, yeah, yeah, he's missing, missing a lot of match fitness, so he wouldn't be able to like perform. We have Ridwan, obviously, maybe he could have played uh, since his like mis since his mistake uh, that cost us the game. Uh, not the game, but like against Kaiser for I believe like he yeah. made us concede a goal and like yeah. basically Sergen dropped him since like he's not been able to play at all. Yeah. It's uh, it's up to the manager, so we can't really criticize that. And then we have like Kerem Kalafat. Uh, I've never seen him play uh, personally. Uh, I think he's an ac academic player. He's and then we have Kartal. Yeah, we have Kartal. He sometimes play. He sometimes plays. Uh, but as I've said, like he's not really uh, a big name. He's also an ac academic player. And then we have Diaby. The <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need to talk about. Yeah. The, the, the controversial figure, like, uh, probably one of the most <laughs> talked about players in the squad. Uh, and uh, obviously we have Utsuko in our, like, uh, keeper sub. 
but yeah, I mean, we have, we, as I was just saying, like we have, a, we had a really limited squad, so the the manager like Sagan didn't have really much of an option to <laughs> pick players. Like when it, when it came to like man management, he was like pretty limited. Yeah, he he, he yeah, pretty yeah. much played exactly pretty what limited, you expect. Yeah, yeah and 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 yeah. so um, Boateng played, which is you know. We, we all expected yeah, last week, then there's the weird injury. Tyler Boyd went on the left side. Again, that's a product of Nkudu uh, getting suspended with the yellow cards. Jarman lands on the right mm-hmm. side, no surprise there. And I guess the one mm-hmm. sort of bit of good news was that Barack Yilmaz was fit enough to play, sort of. Yeah, he was only able to train once before the game. He was still injured, like recovered, but he wasn't able to like join. Like He missed most of the training this week you know yeah. so he was able to only attend like the last session before the game and uh, it kind of showed on the game i mean he, he put on a subpar performance it wasn't really that good okay like he did this whole like complete forward duties about like holding up the ball like letting his teammates get into the play and everything but in the end i mean uh, as our main striker i mean you would expect him to do more but in the end he wasn't that like prepared for the game yeah. Uh, Boateng, I mean, obviously, I was expecting him to do better. Like, we've been, um, I think, like, it was because of the contractual obligations and everything. Like, we weren't able to play in each game, mm. at least as a starter. So, this game, like, given the fact that it's a massive occasion, it's a derby, like, he started and, like, his, like, star quality and everything, his name, you would expect him to do better, but he was actually the worst player on the pitch, in my opinion. Yeah, he was he terrible. Solved, he wasn't able to dribble, he wasn't even able to, like, Conclude passes successfully it was yeah. was was actually like <coughs> headache inducing to watch him. It was terrible. I, I was so relieved that he, when he got subbed off due to the injury, I personally believe that he was faking his injury. But that's the whole. He, yeah, he I just, don't want to get like recognize his poor conspiracy. Form. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he was I terrible. Mean, You're absolutely right. Um, he had become something of like a super sub for us, right? He'd scored in his last few appearances up the bench, so you really did hope he'd step in yeah. here. He did not. Yeah, um, I was especially pissed off because there was one play where um, a lot of the sort of negative fellas in the in the group chat were bagging on Tyler Boyd for a, a like poor shot from distance, which was, I thought, entirely Boateng's fault because Tyler Boyd had no business receiving that ball uh Boateng did a fairly decent job of like weaving through a few guys got almost into our opponent's box and then sent mm-hmm. the ball back like 30 yards to Boyd who was in like a crowd and then he kind of like bumbled it a bit and took a poor shot like definitely not anything for Boyd to be proud of but again he had no business even receiving that ball and Boateng I mean, should have done so much better in that scenario and I I, I, I just thought of that as a like, damn it, come on, Boateng, what are you doing? Like, and it was one of very few opportunities, right? We <laughs> you, so few you really want him time. to be successful as an American. I, I can get that. Like, you really want him to thrive, uh, like, <laughs> since he's your, like, uh, countryman. No, yeah. no, no. But, but, yeah. You'd be surprised. I'm very uh, unsentimental about the U.S. Like, I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't admit this on air, but in order to defend myself on this, I think I have to. I typically root against... U.S. football, and it's because <laughs> it's because the fans here are so um, what's the word? I'm, I mean, they have that sort of U.S. exceptionalism, right? They apply it to football too. And so, whenever the World yeah, Cup comes they, around, they, they, they think the U.S. is a favorite to win it. For example, every time, and it's like, are you guys insane? 
I remember that we, we were in the group with like Portugal and they're like, well, we should absolutely uh, beat Portugal in this group. And I said, are you, what are you talking about? Like, we're, they just won the European Cup. Like, ah, like you know, like there, there's such a, uh, a lack of knowledge, but like unearned yeah. confidence that, so to be 100% honest, I, I, I very typically root against uh, the US success even and this is where like the sacrilege is gonna go intense i i'm not a big pulisic guy and i think the hype is gonna catch up to him <laughs> no in the us it's a whole another thing like they gas him over the moon okay he's a decent player like he's a good player not not even decent he's actually an impressive player but like i mean son is the twice the player he is. Of... Like, uh, so uh hyun min son the guy on uh yeah. like you know what I'm saying? And, and like, he gets half of the fanfare here anyway, as cool as it's because, like, you know, <laughs> he's American. Golden Boy or whatever. <laughs> um, no, but like, Tyler Boyd, I genuinely, like, I've, I've, I've had this struggle with a lot of our, our incoming transfers, especially of late, because they're coming into such a mess anyway, that I don't think they're, mm -hmm. they're really mm -hmm. being given a chance to settle into a, a squad with a sort of position. I mean, not to mention, obviously, the, the upheaval and everything, too. Um, but then also, like, we have this weird paradox where there's so much pressure to get results now that we never really, like, whenever a guy struggles early, they just get canned immediately, you know what I mean? And that's happened so many Yeah. So, like, I, I'm always just worried that we're not going to see enough of a guy to really know if, if we, you know what I'm saying? And, and then we just, like, throw him out with the bathwater. Uh, uh, the, the, pati the patience the patience threshold is really low at exactly, the moment like yeah. no one can like really wait for a player to like adapt like to the team like because it's a low, like it's a long run in the end you know like when you think about it you can't just expect a player to just move in from, from a different country from a different culture yeah, exactly. for, for football and everything and like just start performing in the first game that's that would be exceptional sometimes it happens but generally you sh should like allow a player to settle in and everything and like given the fact that it was a really uh comes the season for us with a lot of ups and downs uh i don't think like the players were able to like adapt to this whole unit and everything but in the end like speaking about boyd i don't think that he played badly in this game like maybe he wasn't the like the star player of the game or anything like he didn't like stood out that much stand out that much uh but in the end i mean i believe uh he did his duty. He got he got he got an assist to his name. Yeah, sure. he can't like go with that. He actually did like did assist Veda in his goal. So I mean, given the fact that we had a really limited squad for this game, I think he did his job at least. Exactly. He was he was he was, he was good on defense as well. I mean, we can't really like assess our defense defense um defending obligations and everything. But uh, yeah, 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 they. they yeah, like yeah, for the first twenty minutes at least, like when they were like Fenerbahce was also playing as a unit with eleven men, they were like conducting their tactics and everything. Like he actually like tracked back a lot, like stopped Gerard and everything because like they were always like attacking from the right wing in the first few minutes. Like they were trying to use the right wing and everything, but then luckily for us, <laughs> Muriki got a sent off and the whole uh, chemistry, the whole uh, atmosphere. Game yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, and so let's so yeah, 26th minute, uh, and and up to that point, as you've alluded to, I mean, Fenner has dominated 
the match. Uh, they've looked far more yeah, competent. Yeah, we, we were getting blasted. But, yeah. like, I, I think it was just before the red card, we started to settle into the match and hold the ball a little bit. And so, like, in a way, I was a little upset <laughs> by the red, because, you know, it, it's like, for anyone who thought, oh, the game's obviously going to swing to Vegeta Dutch now, I was like, no, we were kind of doing it. But, but then, ironically, yeah. what happened was we yeah, got India. worse after the red card and for the rest of the half we were even like we were, <laughs> I, I, I i went into half yeah. to the halftime and i guess other notable moments uh Jermaine lens and gokhan gono both got yellow cards lens is suspended i'm not quite sure but i, I think oh, he is no. suspended I, I think he was on the um, well all right internet, that's yeah. fine because include will be back so i guess we'll be void and Kudu. um but yeah, yeah. I, I i i said this and, and it, it's something to say this year uh uh, like among all the terrible moments we've experienced but i said this was probably the worst half of football we've seen and it wasn't obviously like it was nil nil so we weren't losing we hadn't uh, allowed any goals which is you know so you wouldn't expect to hear that in that scenario but just we were up a man for much of the half and we just looked uh, like we had no we, we were scared we were I mean, on the defensive we were in complete retreat like despite being a man up no it's it's i mean like that's what Fenerbahce does best there. Yeah? Like they, they, they know how to show a reaction as a team. Okay, they didn't give up like after like the red card. They didn't just like give up or like go like start parking the bus or anything. They were yeah. still attacking, and I believe our players got a bit complacent yeah. in the end because okay, like they're ten men now. We're gonna get it, but uh, I believe like in the end, I, I, I don't, I don't care about like we won this game against ten men in the end because I remember this happening to us. In a lot of games, in the end, the score lines all that matters. Exactly. I remember getting all Jai, for instance, getting sent off really early in the games in the during Billy's first season. I, I think, like from the top of my mind, like it's always red cards in this derby. Anyways, like those infamous games where Palabik was the referee. Like we had like finished the game with eight men, I think, <laughs> on one occasion. But yeah, like and and the thing about it too is that it was a very clear red card. Um, just for for anyone who didn't see, yeah, in the end. basically um, he came mm -hmm. in from behind mm -hmm. and hit each of Domingo Vida's legs from behind with his uh, with his spikes, and uh, initially got a yellow card. They went to with VAR the, the spikes, and then the spikes, gave him yeah. the red. So it's not like they didn't think about it pretty carefully. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Aaron? No. Uh, honestly, like uh, at first glance, I thought like it was a yellow. I thought red would be harsh, but like after watching it, obviously, I mean, it's a really unlucky situation for Mariki. I don't think it was like deliberately trying to injure, or like deliberately trying to tackle Vida there. He was trying to get the ball, but it was a stupid yeah, tackle I mean, in the end. Like just a very daft. Yeah, you're right. No, I don't. I didn't mean to suggest that it was um, like hostile. And then like he stepped on like uh, Vida's Achilles with his um, studs, uh, which is which is which wasn't intentional, of course. But in the end, like the rules are clear, and like Can't that's red. It, yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just, it's just unlucky for him, and, and it benefited yeah. us, so can't really complain. Exactly. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, besides that, I can't think of any other real notable moments in the first half. Erson made, uh, he had like a double save at one point in the first half, which was astonishing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the thing I was mentioning. I thought like Emmer's shot would have gone in for sure. Like, I don't know how he saved it, just like tipped the ball. In tiny way, like to save the ball and like just like grazed off the post as well. So yeah. it was a really critical save, and I think like we we would be behind if it was Karius who was the keeper. A lot of for this yeah, game, no, was, so. that was a really. I he. I I always have to measure these things, you know, because like 
there are people who are very critical of him, and I've defended mm -hmm. Erickson, uh, and I've said he's played really well, but he hadn't had much in the way of like standout performances. He'd like done his job, you know, and he'd controlled the the box yeah. like in the air really well, and sort of you could point to things mm -hmm. he was doing well, mm -hmm. but he hadn't really like commanded for him to do it in this derby match and, and like like of course it's not a memorable one and all the weird stuff going on the sort of fairyland sort of uh no it's still a big, but, yeah, big like, game it, like and as an especially for him yeah exactly as a, as a human being this kid went up against in his biggest match for sure and again with everything riding on it right we don't know the Sivas result uh, at this point and so he's playing with everything on the line against a giant rival in a huge match and yeah he, to put in that kind of uh, performance was excellent. Yeah, I mean, like playing playing your first year before your boyhood club, like it's it's a really big occasion and like it's gonna be somewhat stressing, you know. It's not it's, you're gonna feel the pressure for sure, no matter what. Like you can't your team doesn't have to be challenging for the title or anything. It's a derby in the end. So like he performed really well. Like he didn't crumble under pressure. He actually like showed a really confident outing there. So I was really impressed by him. For me, like <clears throat> my money goes. I think he was the man of the match yeah, for me, for sure. at least, like with his saves and like in the first half and everything. Okay, after ten men, like we start to play in the second half. I'm sorry, we started to play more of it as as more of yeah, a yeah. I was gonna say exactly, yeah. No, the second half starts and we come out with exactly the right attitude, at least initially. Um, it looked like we, yeah. you know, because we were all really critical of the first half. Second half, they step out and it's like mm -hmm. a, you know, I, I'm assuming or hoping that Sergey Yalchin gave them the uh, the classic. Yeah. Turkish, uh, you know, motivational <laughs> speech. Um, but yeah, they, they yeah. were a completely I mean, different side. That was, yeah. But yeah, sorry, go, go on. Like, um, I, I, I was, I was like, I was so infuriated by Sagan's approach in the first half, and I was so critical of him as well because, like, I didn't like what I was seeing. Even though they were down to ten men, like we, we showed no reaction, like little to no reaction at all, and like we weren't able to like capitalize on the fact that they're down a man and. Uh, in the end, so uh, uh, I believe, like, okay, even though they're 10 men, this game is going to end in a draw. This is so boring, we're terrible. And I was, like, so disappointed with him. But in, as you said, just, like, pointed out, in the second half, like, I believe, like, the players were fired up. Uh, whatever happened, whatever happened in that dressing room changed the yeah, team. Sure. I mean, I would actually pay money to to watch that like motivation speech. I know, right? To be a fly on that wall, or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> not, yeah. Um, <laughs> like what happened in that dressing room during the break? Like, I would want to like see that. Like, I would have loved to see that. But in the end, yeah, it, it worked. Like whatever it did, it worked, and like it was a whole another story in the second yeah. half. And so uh, the first sub, I'm probably a little late to be honest, but the first sub was uh, Diaby for Boateng in the 59th minute. It might have been the right sub, to yeah. be honest. I mean, maybe... Yeah, it actually like changed everything. It actually changed everything. Okay, we were still better, but like Boateng kind of like dragged yeah. us down. He was trying to do too much. That was like... Uh, yeah, and that was like 15 minutes. He wasn't like doing that well. Like it, he wasn't like... Okay, his role was to like contribute to attack as a as an attacking midfielder. Yeah, like you would expect him to like be more active on offense, but... I felt like he wasn't like really like he wasn't enthusiastic about it at all like he didn't like really try to like score like get into the ball like his like normal like passionate approach to games wasn't really yeah, there exactly. so like the, the other sub came in in a perfect time and like I believe like just like after like yeah four exactly. minutes or so like we yeah. scored four right? minutes like, later yeah, just after yeah, four Domingo's minutes Vida puts yeah. it away on the as you mentioned earlier on the Tyler Boyd assist 
And yeah, I mean, maybe a bit yeah. of a clumsy goal, but you know, at the same time, we no, in the it, end, like we totally deserved it. Yeah, definitely, Vida deserves so much praise for that goal because, like, um, normally, like, obviously, we're going to talk about that, but when we had Ruiz. Uh, in the tandem of Weed and Ruiz, like Ruiz was the player that would like go up with the ball to try to like build up play with everything. Like Weed would stay back more often. Uh, now that he's gone, like I believe like the rules have kind of switched. Like we have Rocco now. Uh, he's not really that much of a ball playing defender. So mobile, yeah. He's more of a no nonsense centre back. Yeah, 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 he's like a no nonsense defender. And then like Weed had to like do those duties that we were used to seeing from. Actually. Uh, I have to, I, before I stick a feather in that for a second, did you see, there was one play that Enzo Rocco made where he lost his man, but he caught up to him and then made an amazing sliding tackle. Like, yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> I, like, I, 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 I like literally just popped in my head now and I was like, wait a minute, that was, that was Enzo Rocco. Like, what? like that was promising. Okay, <laughs> like, that was good. Okay. Like it was Dennis Turich, I yeah, believe, like yeah. he dribbled past him. And then he actually like caught back by like this great like sprint. Yeah. And I was so surprised because he's known to be a slow player, you know, like he's not really that much of a fast player. He's not really pacing, yeah, exactly. you would say. Like he's more of a like a physical, like aerially dominant, like typical central defender, like you know, like a stopper. Like you wouldn't expect him to like make those runs and, exactly. and then like stop players like that. But I was so surprised to see that as well. Maybe what <laughs> some stuff that he did during this break and everything. Contribute, contributed to his place. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but in the end, yeah, that was that was really impressive as well. Just true. Yeah, and again, in light of the Victor Ruiz thing, like it's it's nice to see guys step up. And we'll have to talk about this because, like, one of the uh, yeah, silver linings on the whole <laughs> match is the extent to which our victory hurt Galatasaray and how that pertains to Victor Ruiz. But anyway, uh, yeah, Enzo Rocco was actually <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, no, the, the back line held up. Yeah. And that's one thing you can say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In the end, like, I was, uh, we were talking about the uh, Vida goal. Yeah. Uh, I have to say this, like, the way he dribbled past three players, yeah. I was yeah. so impressed by it. It was actually, like, really, really uh, surprising to see because, I mean, you don't, like, you wouldn't expect Vida to do those <laughs> yeah, no, and tricks he, and everything. He but laid just, like, it off and made a run in. Like, no, he, that was phenomenal. That yeah, was, yeah, that was yeah. That was great. Exactly. And like, he showed this like really like this box in the box instinct to be mm -hmm. at the right place at the right time to score that because like it, it wasn't really a decent ball played in by Boyd. Yeah, yeah. He, he made an assist, but like you would expect him to cross way better. You know, yeah, like, it was yeah. like a really slumpy ball. But in the end, like Vida made the perfect run. He was there at the right time and just like. Squeezed in the ball without Altai grabbing it, like before Altai grabbed it, and I mean it's actually a lot like ahead. Tyler Boyd's goal last week, where he was just the he just got on to the end, like he was he he had that savvy yeah, yeah. right, but this time yeah. it was Vita. Um, no, yeah. I, it, it, that was phenomenal, and really it it made the rest of the day so much easier for everyone. Um, and yeah, I mean the second half, like after that point, I believe it was the. Easiest derby to watch in my life, exactly, like yeah. uh, easiest derby that I've ever seen in my life. At least, like I was not concerned about a single thing. Exactly, it was like really relaxing to watch because I knew that, like, okay, there's no way that we're actually losing this from now on. And what's actually great was four minutes I mean, later after the goal, uh, Gary Rodriguez came in for Emre Belazolu. But as much as you think, uh oh, Gary Rodriguez is scary. 
be 100% honest, I was more relieved to see Emre leaving the pitch because he's the kind of guy yeah. whose emotion or like, you know, like I'd be afraid yeah. of what he might do, you know? Uh, yeah. So like that was, again, yeah. like it actually calmed me. Uh, Nejib came in for Germain Lenz, which, you know, a little scary conceptually, but at the same time, you saw it as a defensive. I think, I think, I think, I think Lenz was, Lenz also picked up a knock. That's yeah. why he had to come off. Uh, yeah, because we they didn't really have any wingers in the squad, exactly, so like yeah. and like that's a really change. Like when you think about it, I mean, no, and it makes sense because with, <laughs> with, with Diaby, yeah. he can move to the wing and Boyd out. You know, so like <laughs> yeah, they had the pieces, and it, and it was sort of a defensive move, obviously. Which again, you've got the lead in the derby, you do it. I, I I'm okay with it, and again, given the limitations, I don't think that like I think for me, the knock on Sergei Yeltsin is is his uh, ability as a talent evaluator, and like putting in the right guys, like in his lineups and even as subs. But with the with the rotation so limited, as you already talked about, in a way it does him yeah. a service because like he doesn't have much to choose from. He can't make the wrong, he can't make too much of a mistake. <laughs> yeah. um, but then again, just yeah, a few minutes exactly. later, two minutes later, goal. Uh, this one uh, scored by Gokhan Gunol um, with John Air assisting so an interesting combo really 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 classy of him to not celebrate by yeah, the way like yeah. he's he, i think he, he scored against them last year as well in, the, in that catastrophic derby that ended 3-3 mm -hmm. but uh he didn't cele celebrate back then he didn't celebrate yesterday so it's really classy of him and like the goal that we scored if we have to talk about it is like it's actually the textbook Fenerbahce goal that we would see when those two fullbacks used to play there yeah. you know like that that was their thing. Like Jana would cross and like Gilkan in like in the low post, like and just like headed in and like I can't e even remember how many they scored like this. It's like wild. no, I mean Gokan Gunil's ability, his his ability with his head and area ability for such a little yeah. guy yeah. is so wild to me. Like it's there's something so definitively like Turkish football about Gokan Gunul and the way that he has that like weird ability to score goals with his head as a right back who has like... No, it's a specialty like, like at, at, at that near post like yeah he's he's brilliant there like his positioning his timing and everything and it's like a really good tactic to like execute if you have like a player like yeah, him exactly. you know because <clears throat> defending such a such a set piece tactic is not that easy uh, and like if it works like it did yesterday, it's it's a brilliant way of scoring. Like it's really like pulling. It's just, just like pulling the rabbit out of the hat, exactly. if, if you have to put it. Exactly. You know. No, I mean, phenomenal and a, and a great way to round out the game. Seeing the two ex Fener guys score against Fenerbahce, and like especially with all the the hype around them potentially signing for them, and the and you know like there, <laughs> I was anticipating. If we got a negative result, all of the sort of conspiracy theories about them, you know, and so for them to be the opposite, to oh, they, 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 yeah, they been there on purpose, blah blah. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Like it's their fault. I mean, right. They would have rolled in. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't hear the yeah, end of exactly. them. Like, oh my god, I can't even imagine. Like, so like that was nice. Um, besides that, I mean, that's how the game would end. Two 0 Guven Yalchin came in for Boyd. Yeah, the rest of the game wasn't like. Yeah, not much happened the rest of the game. Our son still had some like decent saves. I like snoozed. I, I fed my cats at one point. Like I was like, ah, whatever. Like I think it was so slow. <laughs> they made a ton of subs, and there yeah. were a bunch of cards. It's just sort of. Uh, I guess the one card of, of note is that Johnny Erkin got himself a yellow, so he's out next week, um, which is a shame. But I guess yeah, we have Ridvan, right? And it's Gensler, so yeah. I think we'll be all right. Like, 
he, he was he was actually decent uh leading, like in, in his performances uh, leading up to that exactly. mistake that yeah. he had yeah uh it's the one position I'm not so but, worried about, honestly. So we kind of like that, and that's yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he's not really. A, oh my God, why is Redvon playing? Like, you, you can say that. Like, you know that. Like, he's gonna be decent yeah. enough. I was almost. I was a little disappointed that Sergen undercut his confidence by not by, by yanking him so abruptly. Um, I'm yeah. not a big John Air guy either, I mean, honestly. So like, I'm yeah. kind of looking like, for the. I don't like him either. Like, I believe like he's really bad at defending. That's like, the thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly the Didvan's strength. Like, Didvan showed that uh, yeah, discipline yeah. defensively, so... Yeah, but I think, I mean, like, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Like, you know, like, it's the team and, like, Martin, he might be just, like, depleted in terms of morale. Yeah, no, Morale yeah. and, like... No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I credit like, to Sergen, honestly, because, like, he did stick with Ersin. Uh, in fact, he just, just playing Ersin when you have Utku, who's theoretically next in the pecking order, was a little brave and like to stick with him and yeah no yeah. honestly like I, I would be more infuriated seeing what could play because we've already seen him and like he's i i, I don't even know how he's a keeper i'm not going to be polite or I'm anything like you, that please <laughs> he's a terrible keeper he's actually a terrible keeper like there are like some serious accusations about uh him like his dad being the reference uh that's <laughs> May, like that gets him in the team, oh, like because no. I believe his dad used to be used to be an ex player oh, for Besiktas and everything, and he has his connections, and that's why he's in the squad. Blah blah. I don't know. Like obviously, we can't really test these <laughs> allegations, these like rumors about like being true or not. But in the end, like uh, on paper, like if you assess his, if you have to assess his performances sure. and everything. With the chances he got, he didn't perform, and like it was really disappointing. So no, I was, I was like, when when Karius left, and the kind of logic would dictate, okay, next in the packing order, Utku. I immediately said, I need to see Erson. <laughs> I do not want to see Utku yeah, like yeah, that yeah. guy. Like we've seen very little, but just enough, worse, right? Like, you know, like I never, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, if I yeah. never see him again in a Bechtel shirt, it's uh, still too yeah. much. Honestly, yeah. having already seen, there's him. no way he could be worse. Yeah, precisely. Um, oh yeah, that that was pretty much the game. I mean, like in the yeah. end. Uh, they weren't. They weren't like uh, many highlights. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, <they weren't. laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. We have. We have the goals. Some shots on target, and that's it. I mean, in the end, like it could have been like to to sum up. Like it could have been so much different for Fenerbahce and for Vistich as well. If Muriki didn't get sent off, like obviously, like we'll never know. That's how football works. But they were performing re really well, I believe, uh, statistically. Speaking like we had, like Fenerbahce had 14 shots on target yeah, exactly. just the first half, and that's a that's a record for this season. Like yeah, like for for us, like we've never like actually had this many shots on target on our goal in any game this season. So like in a game like that, the outcome like we obviously won, particularly because of our performance in the second half. But uh, in a game like this, it's really important. It's stressed that as well because I mean, if it didn't happen, that kind of shows uh, some sort of a uh, weakness or uh, I don't know, like uh, a performance-wise, uh, a disappointing outcome uh, in that uh, department at least. Like we we have to like stress this as well. It's not really like okay, we won in the end, and that's what that matters. But like in the end, like this could pay us and just make us pay. Like we have like one last game, maybe the seasons over and everything but 
we still have to address that issue. Yeah. I mean, 14 shots in just a single half. Yeah, and I and I think they only ended with like 15 or something, right? So the second half yeah, was yeah, yeah, was yeah. like much better, yeah. as we said. But that first yeah. half was yeah, yeah, just the existence of that half is uh, an existential problem. Um, so where did we end up in possession? Was it did it actually even out somewhat in the end? Uh, p p possession wise, no. We were actually like given the like first 30 minutes, like they were dominating. The, yeah, yeah. We were. It was like 30 percent. Yeah. And I believe, like, I don't think, like, uh, it's because, like, this, like, uh, uh, let me check the statistic real quick. It's like thirty-six percent to sixty-four percent. Yeah, okay, we have we have thirty-six percent. My bad, sorry. We have thirty-six percent of yeah, possession. Yeah. We had and, and fine, where we have the lead for much of it, but it's still, like, yeah, I, I believe it was a tactical thing, yeah. though. In the second half, I believe, like, Sergan wanted us to like give the ball to them to tire them a bit mm -hmm. like uh, with Fenerbahce trying to like build up play yeah, and everything like, down. we had we all yeah we, 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 we were able to like organize a structured de defense plan and everything so like it wasn't really a, much of a risk to give them the ball and like, make them play with the ball and like <clears throat> like get them to tire up a bit and everything so in the end I, I'm not really like stressed about the the stats possession uh yeah yeah the stats and everything yeah i mean the second half like the performance we put out there was impressive yeah. so yeah and it got the, it got us the result right um yeah i mean I, and i think that's about all we have to say the other news is obviously that sivas score one so we get, we're gonna have to be uh supporters of Goztepe this coming weekend in their battle against sivas uh we will be playing genschler Right now, all the matches are slotted for noon time here in the United States. It's, I think, a 7 p.m. in Turkey on Sunday. Uh, but I don't believe those times are official yet. Do you uh, know? No, 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 it's still, uh, it's still yet to be um, Yeah, TBD, announced. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe like it's going to be around, like at least for Turkish time, it's going to be around 8 p.m. like usual. Yeah, the, or 9 p.m. Maybe even, even yeah. Or maybe even 9, yeah. But yeah, I mean... Because of the wet, uh, the heat, right? Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, it has to be late. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be around that time. But yeah, we're still like waiting for the final schedule yeah. to be and announced. So, but I mean, one thing we can probably report is that it's going to be on Sunday, uh, July 26th. Yeah. So obviously yep. stay tuned, uh, you know, keep... Keep keep tabs on your local listings because uh, you're not gonna want to miss this one. This is a huge match. We are we're on the road to end the season. We're gonna end the season in the country's capital in Ankara against Genshler, who are actually still fighting for survival, I believe. Yeah, uh, I mean technically. It, I mean they no, can still no, they're not. They're clear. <gasps> That's great news. They're clear. They're four points clear of Yanni Malachi now. Um, Oh, I don't they, know. they're actually, yeah, I thought they were, they had 35 points, my bad. Oh, that's yeah. great news, actually. So they can pretty much relax, <laughs> which yeah. is great. Um, so yeah, on the they back were, end of the they, table, they were, they were pre pre pretty relaxed against Sivasipur this week as well, so yeah, I mean. Exactly. <laughs> they were terrible. They were, they were terrible. really bad. Um, and so, in fact, on the back end, only Denizli and Dizespor are within reach of Yeni Malachi or Kaiseri. I don't know about the head-to-head -head and all that. No, You'd it's, it's to... a whole another thing. Like, they're, the, depending on the results, like, there are a lot of options. Like, I've, I've read this, like, uh, thread on Twitter about, like, uh, how the 
complaining like how can get uh, like which teams can get relegated still and everything. Like there, I, I believe like there are like four or five different uh, scenarios options that can happen nice. in scenarios. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's the same at the top of the table with you know us potentially still getting third place, Trabzon potentially still being kicked out of Europe next season, um, Alanya. Yeah. Like for me, I'd love to see Alanya pass Galatasaray next week. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Now I think we can switch channels over here to the next bit of news. Galatasaray, <laughs> I, I, I'm tying them into this because this is the, the latest fairly credible rumor, I think, uh, which is that they're involved somehow. Um, Victor Ruiz left the squad midweek, um, taking up issue with not being paid. He claims he wasn't paid for four months prior to coronavirus. The squad claims that's lie. He was simply not paid during the coronavirus, which is I guess I think the standard for most clubs in the, in the period, they're all sort of figuring yeah, out what to do. Yeah, we're going to discuss about it, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us, what do you know, Aaron? It's, it's nice we have you because you're something of a legal expert. Uh, what do you <laughs> what do you have for us? Uh, not really, not really uh, my field of ex expertise. Like I don't. I, okay, I know a bit about sports law and like contractual law and everything, but not, it's not really my field. But uh, I mean. Looking at what FIFA published, uh, looking at what the clubs have practiced in different leagues, okay, we, we, we may be able to assess it a bit, but in the end, like, <clears throat> we only have, like, so much information about what actually happened. Like, both parties, they have their own story. Besiktas are claiming that, like, uh, he was getting paid regularly uh, on par with his, like, Besiktas was paying him, basically, uh, on par with their contractual obligations and everything. And Corona happened, which is somewhat of a force major uh, in some uh, <coughs> commentators' eyes, like commentators' views and everything. Uh, but on the other hand, we have Ruiz, who's claiming that he wasn't being paid. Uh, he wasn't paid prior to the uh, prior to the pandemic and everything. Like and just really quickly, mm -hmm. I want to interject uh, the force majeure that you're talking about in the United States. That's often referred to as an act of God. Uh, but so yeah, sorry, carry yeah. on. Uh, it's like a little bit of legal no, um, translation. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I'm, no, 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 it's all good. I'm so used to the EU <laughs> legal no, terms. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> it's probably like yeah. half and half for listeners. So it's not like you're uh, you're not yeah. speaking to anyone. No, I mean, like to, to be able to like legally legally um, assess the situation. Uh, I mean, we have to know what really happened. But besides that, I mean, I can like talk about this. I can say this. Like there are like certain um, uh, conditions. That people put out when the pandemic first started, I believe it was in April. Uh, they said like, uh, okay, like we're, we're um, encouraging parties to uh, come to mutual agreements with regards to their contracts, with regards to their playing time, with regards to the deadlines and everything. But they've also like allowed for a extraordinary, uh, let's say, dispute settlement. Uh, given the fact that like it's an extraordinary situation that we have, that can like parties if they can like resolve their disputes, they can apply to FIFA, they can come to FIFA, and like FIFA would somewhat offer an arbitration basically uh, with regards to solving the dispute. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, like we don't know what exactly the contract is, like the playing contract of rules. We don't know how it is. We don't know if there is any other arbitration clauses. If we don't know like how the parties decided on dispute resolution and everything so we can't really say okay ju judicially they have to apply here judicially they have to do this and everything but fifa as i've said as i just mentioned laid out some like conditions where uh 
where they will examine when deciding like who's right and who's wrong. So like to put it out there, like uh, I believe uh, they have to assess whether there was a genuine attempt uh, by the club uh, to reach an agreement with the players. Uh, obviously, what the economic situation of the club is at the moment, because if, if they're already in a dire situation economically, uh, you can't really expect them to like carry on their payments and everything with the pandemic, because as I've said, the, all the money influx will die off. So you won't really have this like budget to keep on with your obligations. So you might like be able to defer the payments to a certain date stuff like that also the proper proportionality of any adjustment to play contacts that it made okay so you have to like uh, uh use this fair and equal treatment between players that's really important like you can't be like okay we're treating foreign players like this but we're treating turkish players like this uh, you can't really do that that's against the whole concepts and everything the net income position of players after any contract is that adjustment is also like examined uh, I mean, if they do that, like they can't really, a club can't really um, offer a contract and force a, con uh, force a contract on, upon a player that would uh, drastically uh, worsen the situation of the player in the end. Yeah. Uh, and and then like equal treatment is what matters, basically, and like fair treatment is what happens basically. So in order to say, okay. Uh, in order to, um, how can I put this? In order to tell uh, about whether Besiktas will get uh, a fine or uh, will have to pay damages or like will get penalized by this, uh, basically depends on a our financial situation, which is dire as we all know. So yeah. <laughs> we might be good on that department. B. The, play, the treatment of the player, I don't know how we exactly treated the player. Like every side has their own story. So we don't know, like, okay, if we weren't able to pay him just the duration of the pandemic, like the outcome of the dispute, like how the dispute is going to be resolved is depending on the facts. Yeah. And like, we don't know, like, mm -hmm. if Ruiz is telling the truth or the club is telling the truth. So depending on that, if we just like, if Besiktas indeed didn't like delay any payments, actually like kept treating the player well before the pandemic and everything i think the club will be well off like i don't think they will uh, <coughs> be uh, subject to any kind of penalty or uh, any kind of um, legal obligation to pay Ruiz extra money or anything like that but if if genuinely what Ruiz claimed happened then uh, we might expect some, some sort of uh, legal remedies in our way, yeah. at least, because you can't really do that. Yeah. You can't really like nah. go off for four or five months <laughs> not paying a literal worker. Yeah, that's generally not uh, approved of yeah. Yeah. in labor yeah. circles. So, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like we have to, we have to, like it's, it's, it's up to uh, our arbitral uh, tribunal or whatever yeah, it right. is. Uh, and so, That's like, let's let's just add the sort of yeah. little bit of gossip to sprinkle on top. So he mm -hmm. apparently, and I think he sort of confirmed it because he said he wants to stay in Istanbul, and that Galatasaray like helped him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They helped him yeah. set this yeah. whole thing up, and that he was gonna see this thing through yeah. and get everything he he was earned or he was deserved. Right? Like, so yikes. I mean, like that. We don't know what his plan is, but uh, it seems like that. I mean. 
Uh, I believe the source was Habar Global, which is somewhat of a reliable source in Turkey. And they've actually claimed that like the player got somewhat of a help uh, booking his tickets uh, and such while he was leaving Istanbul for a temporary period, I believe. Yeah. And they've helped him out. They like gave him some consultation about what to do and everything. So they might be... I don't know if it's like the correct term. They might be grooming the player I mean, <laughs> to join Galatasaray. It certainly yeah. aligns with yeah. the notion that they would arrange this for the day before the derby against or against Fener, right? It, to completely undermine our campaign for third place, to give them a chance that's to That's actually, pass I mean, so unethical, so unethical so nasty. Like, to do. And so that's why I'm so happy yeah. we won. And so they can no longer pass us. <laughs> the best they can hope for now is to get into the Europa League qualifiers should Trabzonspor be kicked out, which I think you said earlier is likely, actually. Um, but so... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we have, we have the president of City, but like the reason City came triumphant from the CAS judgment, uh, the arbitration sport, is because that they spent like 30 million <laughs> euros on their legal team and they've got the best sports lawyers nice. in the world. Nice. Their legal defense was solid. It was like faultless, simply. That's how they won because they deferred the claims and everything on legal grounds. It's not like they, they were right or anything. Right. Like we have the emails, we have the leaks and everything, but the legal de defense they put out there you know, when it comes to procedural stuff and everything was... Far better than what Trabzon is going to produce. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm not really sure that Trabzon has... The same, yeah, certainly not the same access to resources, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Exactly. No, no I, so, so it's looking likely, but so uh, there's actually still a chance Galatasaray will not even get that far insofar as should they uh, lose or draw next week, Alanya Spore can pass them. And I'm rooting for it now. Yeah. I'm genuinely rooting for it because if that's Victor Ruiz's payoff that he's going to go play for Galatasaray, he should not get mm -hmm. the satisfaction of playing in Europe. And neither should Galatasaray, who orchestrated <laughs> this dirty, devious the thing is that act. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised that he, he wants to play for Galatasaray because, like, we all know how the situation is in Turkey right now. Like, besides Beşiktaş and maybe a couple of other teams, uh, all of the teams, all of the clubs are struggling to like keep up with the payments and keep up with their obligations exactly. and everything and Galatasaray is actually one of them yeah why not go to no? Bashakta here I mean clearly though that's why I really believe that uh that Galatasaray orchestrated it honestly yeah yeah if you're not if you're complaining about not getting paid and everything like that why why join a club that's suffering from the exact same thing and yeah, like they've they've built their the they've built the most expensive squad in their history if i'm not mistaken and they're, they're hardly and, clinging to a european spot it's beautiful yeah yeah and that's gonna that's gonna cause some like economic <laughs> problems for them it. like I that's certain it. that's what happened to us as well I so it. i mean Ru ruiz actually uh, might end up regretting his decision i hope so. he was right to cancel his contract i'm not talking about that yeah, I personally certainly. That yeah he, you can't you gotta pay your workers that's a fact. be the case that he claims yeah he was right to cancel his contract to terminate his contract and everything but i mean uh, maybe he wants to <laughs> get that double payment yeah. just by playing like six months <laughs> from both teams like that contractual obligation payments and everything we don't know but we'll see yeah i mean 
the good news is that what's done is done and we won anyway and they got nothing on us so let's just hope for more misery yep. for them yep. uh now now we can do that without feeling bad about it at the very least um but so aaron it was such a pleasure having you um follow this guy um, pleasure was all mine. Follow this guy on twitter at aaron a-a-r-o-n-e armstrong I mean, it spells itself, really. Uh, it's a fair, yeah. yeah, Aaron Armstrong. Uh, but yeah. follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. Much. Very informative about Turkish football, football at large. Uh, of course, Besiktas specifically. Um, what you, you have any parting yeah. words for our listeners, Aaron? Uh, I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much going. I don't have much going on in my life besides my um, professional obligations. Nice. So I'm not really active in like this uh journalism department anymore. no articles to plug. at least for a little while i won't right. be like no articles going on i have to leave some of my like, i have to quit some of my obligations some of my side hustles and sure, <laughs> put it that way and uh, but yeah i mean uh, i would really appreciate it uh, if you drop me a follow and uh, hit me up if you need anything like if you're uh, more curious to know more about the legal stuff of this whole Ruiz Saga and everything, just my DMs are open. Yeah. And we'll definitely have you back <laughs> this summer to talk finances and, and legalities and whatnot. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's that's more of my that's more of my area of expertise. The company, the financial services and everything, nice. the whole economic law. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I can talk about. Um, nice. Well so yeah, it was great having you. Um, as always follow the podcast at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, yeah, stay tuned, everyone. Huge match this coming week. Obviously, we need Sivas to lose or draw, uh, and we need a win. Um, so far, so good from Sergen. Lots to look forward to. Uh, of course, I have to say one more thing, very important. Go Touch! <laughs> uh, yeah, Come on, you black Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.